I'm Lauren. And I'm Annie. Welcome, Welcome to Burf Barf! This Hi. week on Burf Barf, we're going to talk about Pitchel. The nastiest little bitchel that ever was. <laughs> Make Pitchel your bitchel. <laughs> Said no one. No one gets to make Pitchel their Pitchel. No. Pitchel makes you its bitch. So, what is Pitchel, you might ask? Uh, yeah. I I'm, I'm myself am still wondering. <laughs> Do you remember what Pitchel Vaguely. is? Vaguely. Kind of. So, Pitchel is, the word Pitchel is created from a combination of Mount Pisgah and Mount Mitchell in, near Asheville. That part I did know. Good. <laughs> one for one. You're doing it. And it is a... Uh, for lack of a better term, I will an call FKT. it an FKT yeah. route or a fastest known time route. So uh, it's a particular route that has a lot of tradition around doing it a certain way just by kind of like the local scene. Mm-hmm. And it is a 100K route from the top of Mount Pisgah down uh, to the Folk Arts Center near <laughs> Asheville and up to the top of Mount Mitchell. Sounds easy, right? Oh my God, yeah. It sounds like a real blast. I really did think that it was going to be a good time, too. Oh, so naive. Oh my God. We're so naive. We were like, oh, it'll be fun when it's like go hiking. It'll yeah. It'll be like me, you, and Morgan. Yeah, it'll be like a good girl time. Yeah. Like, just a good just, like, weekend to hang out. Feelings and yeah. hike. Uh huh. And by the end, we'll feel so refreshed and accomplished. Oh my God. Wrong. That's not what Wrong. happened. Wrong. It's not what happened. So, it's 100K or 60 miles or so, 60 miles and some change in the end, uh, with about 13,000 feet of gain, which is kind of insane, which is kind of insane when you consider not half of the route, a little less than half the route, it's coming down of a mountain. So, you're essentially talking about 13,000 feet of gain over, you know, like 40, 35, 40 miles. Oh my God, that's actually pretty intense. I mean, Ozark 100 was... Only 12,000 feet uh-huh. of gain? In 100 oh miles. God. So, yeah, when you think about slope. So, yeah. So, uh, myself, Lauren, and our dear friend, Morgan Green, who you re- may remember from our Cloud Splitter episode. Uh, Great. Strong like, strong like ox. Yeah, she's, uh, <laughs> she's an unstoppable force of nature. Uh-huh. So, the three of us had planned quite a while ago to do this, this route. Um, and, like, we've... We've already mentioned it really was planned to be a like a time. fun thing. A fun yeah, time. 100K with a lot of climb, but still in the end, a good time. Something that we are hoping we wouldn't have to turn our skin inside out oh for. My God. <laughs> Think about that visual. Um, <laughs> so we took off on, was it in August that we did it? What? Oh, yeah. <laughs> idea. And you're going to find yourself thinking as we record this or as you listen to this, did Lauren actually come and do this? <laughs> she did. I promise you that she was there. I saw her. You have to forgive me. My uh, my MLS team went to the playoffs and I attended the game last night and I am operating at about 20% of my typical capacity. So I'm going to be slow on the uptake for pretty much everything. So MLS being soccer... <laughs> <laughs> going to really take it back for everybody. So we did Pitchel uh, July in at the end of July. Ew. So we also did not pick a great time of year to do it, like from well, a hot it perspective. But it hot. did No, it did not end up being too hot. So I think we were lucky with that. Because once um, the wind got going, we had some chilly moments yes, out there. Yes, we did. Um, and I think we arrived on that weekend because, you know, anytime you try and plan anything with more than, I don't know, one person, you end up <laughs> needing to schedule like nine to 17 months out, which we did. Yes, we did. So 
it's the end of July. Uh, we, none of us real again, we're just going to continue harping on this laissez-faire approach to mm-hmm. this event. Yeah. We were not really specifically training for this because it mm. was, well, yes and no. So I guess you could talk about like I was what training. Year, where you were leading up to it. Yeah, I was training. I, I was training at the time with, uh, with Jen Shelton. Name dropper. Sorry. <laughs> just happen to have very famous friends that I pay money to talk to me on the phone. It's the same as a sorority. It's fine. She's your real friend. <laughs> She's my real sister. Uh, and we were looking at this as like a means for gearing up for BFC. And I can't fully explain how silly that seems to be now because it's definitely more of a breaking down as opposed to a gearing up situation. It's like doing a multi-day to gear up for a hundred miler. It's so dumb. But she was on board. She's really into like the whole FKT style adventure. Yeah, because she's she's done the attempted the the John Muir Trail like several times and just yeah, really beat her head against a brick wall with that one, yeah. which is a really tough route. Yeah. That's the one where I think was Scott Jurek was pacing her and what, do you remember the it was story? Gelfie, yeah. Oh, it was Gelfie? Yeah, so Ryan Gelfie. food, right? Oh, maybe not no. the food. Okay, oh, I was almost of a different, different story. Race, but he was like, wow, you really need to eat when you're running that slow? <laughs> <laughs> like, snatched the thing out of her hand and was like, you don't need food. You're going too slow. <laughs> no, my uh, story that I've heard about her attempt at the JMT FKT, that's a lot of acronyms in one sentence, was Ryan Gelfie advising me on what gear to bring with you while sleeping on a multi-day <sighs> FKT, where he was saying, like, you really need to have a bivy with mm-hmm. you, which is mm-hmm. uh, essentially a sleeping bag of... Uh, space blanket material and he relayed the story of being huddled near the top of a mountain with Jen Shelton underneath a space blanket and then they ripped it yes and they were freezing their asses off because they only had a space blanket they're cute little bursts too yep yep Uh, okay so anyway the day are we training and then so and I had run uh, the Never Summer 100K the weekend before in Colorado. And you thought I was an idiot. Yeah, we're both idiots, so that's good. Back-to-back um, 100Ks in, within six days. Yes. And the Never Summer had come up, believe it or not, Pitchell was the main event, and Never Summer had ended up being an afterthought because I needed to get a Western States qualifier in. And my plan was to have one done so that I could run Ozarks 100, which is not a Western States listen, qualifier. Listen to me rolling weekend. my eyes right now. <laughs> 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 that's, what, that's what it sounds like. So... Was out in Colorado the weekend before, had done some impromptu impromptu ramp-up training with Ryan Gelfie as my coach. Uh, I think I had maybe a month that I ramped up to Never Summer, um, and then turned around the next weekend to go do Pitchell. You should probably mention that you were in some pain. I was going to leave that to end so people don't feel pity for me this whole episode. No, I think they should probably feel that it was terrible the whole time. All right, fine. So... Uh, I had a later diagnosed stress fracture in my femur, like right in the middle of my femur, uh, before that had occurred before Never Summer and continued on until after Pitchell. I got diagnosed, I went to the doctor like the week after we got back or something like that from Pitchell. So I did two back-to-back 100Ks on a, a stress fracture. femur. Although wow. it's kind of crazy because I did not have any specific pain in my leg, my thought is just that, I, so I ended up having really general, general uh, malaise, yes, fatigue the entire time, but no specific leg pain. But well, that's we'll the, that's a boring part of the story. We'll get there. So, uh, Morgan, 
was trained specifically mm-hmm. for this event. She had a pretty clear race calendar, except for doing Pitchell, which, you know, it's crazy. Do you think that contributed to her having a much stronger oh, performance wow. at this? No, certainly. I was they training, God damn it. I'm not saying you weren't training. It's just that you did not train for, like, Pitchell as your A race. No, and I don't even know if I would have known how to in retrospect. Like, to prepare for that would have just been climbing only. Yeah. And Morgan... I almost feel bad for her because she could have had the freaking fastest day. Yeah. And if it, if it were not for us lovely people. Yeah. Who yeah. basically grabbed onto the back of her shoes and laid down on the ground while she <laughs> dragged drag us. us. Uh, probably also helpful for context. We had gone to Asheville for a bachelorette party the last year towards the end of the summer and had done we had summited mount mitchell leaving the black mountain campground and doing the straight up climb up mount mitchell which i'm gonna total butcher totally butcher these stats but i think it's like eight to eleven miles from black mountain campground to the top of mount mitchell and we took our time doing it we were certainly moving but Mm -hmm. like we were stopping to take pictures and there was i think four or five of us that went um and had like a pretty difficult but fun time. So I think that yeah. also uh, educated our assumptions about what yeah. Pitchell would be like kind because of. it was like, let's go down a mountain and then we'll do what we did last summer. That's not even the route, y'all. No, it's, <laughs> it's not, not even, even the even route. It. So that created some falsehoods in my mind, I think. And I've done That's that it. summit twice and was just thinking, oh, we'll do that again and some yeah. additional miles. Not yeah. even remotely Not even remotely close. close. As I mentioned, this is a uh, a known route, and there are some traditions steeped around it that uh, have been set by people running this route before, and one of the... I am a stickler, if you haven't picked this up, for traditions and rules on <laughs> certain things. Uh, not to say that I'm a goody-two-shoe, but when it comes to things that are supposed to be done a certain way. She's going I to will do them a exactly certain way. way. Yes. One of those things is having a midnight start at Mount Pisgah, which I did not think was going to be so shitty. So shitty. So we start at the top of Mount Pisgah at midnight uh, it's and drizzling. kicked it off with a shot of booze. Yeah. And which really was a very celebratory moment. So it was. Yeah, it was, it a was really very good time. backwards. Yeah. Uh it was weird starting out at midnight. Um but it was Yeah, it was epic. We knew that we were it setting was. out an we adventure. Were, you know, it, it was this fog was rolling in and there were you know and once in a while the sky would break up and you would see some stars and there was this giant like uh cable, cell tower cell or something. Tower yeah. Right next to us just blinking this red light uh into the fog. And it, I mean it felt it felt special, and it felt kind of creepy and excited and great. Yeah. Um, I just realized something, and we totally have to back up to before we started. We have to give a huge shout-out to our main crewman and uh, trail escort of the year, Yes, Chris Geekus. Just the most incredible man alive. So Chris Geekus is a local to the Asheville running scene, and he really went all out in supporting us. So we... As you have heard from our Ozarks episode, the logistics of starting somewhere and ending at the end of a point-to-point race and moving cars may not be our forte. No. We put, we did everything we could to make sure that that didn't happen again. 
And Chris was kind enough to have us to meet at his house, which is pretty close to the Mount Pisgah start. And he drove us to the beginning of the route as well as crewed us the entire day. But a man. And, and also met us at the end and took us back to his house at the end of at the end of the event, not the event, the route, so that we could get our car. I can pretty safely say that either A, we would not have finished without him, yes. or B, we would still be out there trying, <laughs> trying to finish. The longest time that it's ever taken anyone. Exactly. So I have, we have to give a shout out to Chris because it's, he's amazing. It's it's unreal how key he was to, to our experience. He's also just the most amped dude in the world who like loves adventure, loves orienteering, has done a bunch of very interesting races himself Yep. and has sort of, I think, taken a turn where he's decided that he's less of an ultra marathoner and more of an orienteer. An adventurer. An adventurer. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So he's just kind of a fascinating guy. We were lucky enough to have Chris with us, and he hiked up to the top of Mount Pisgah with us because, again, one of these underlying subtleties of this of this course or this route is you have to park like a mile and a half below Mount Pisgah, and you have to hike up to the top of Mount Pisgah it's before you can bitch. start at midnight and come right back down the way that you went. It's ridiculous. But again... If something is to be done a certain way, we're going to do it a certain well, way. Well, it would have been better to get dropped off the top by a helicopter as far as I'm concerned <laughs> because it was just extra energy spent at midnight in the next rain. Time, next time we'll spring for the helicopter. Yeah, I think it's worth it. Right. Cut out those two miles. So we start out at midnight, have a shot of whiskey, and begin our descent down Mount Pisgah and to begin our event. This is where I... And this is the moment this where is I when things, This is when things started to go badly for <laughs> so true. At mile .28. Oh, guys, it's so true, though. I, you know, can't say I had an empty stomach. I had been professionally eating all day long. Oh, my gosh, we totally skipped that, I too. I know, I was going to be okay Yeah, with we can that. elude that, too. We, we ate too much food and didn't sleep enough. So we were filled with... <laughs> undigested goodies. Like we had already run the the event. We essentially yeah. ate the night before like we had already done the event. Yes. Yes, we really did. Like ice cream pizza the whole night. <laughs> so uh, I am starting to descend and it's dark and it's wet and the, the rocks are kind of mossy and slick and I immediately figure out that I've packed the wrong shoes because they have absolutely no grip whatsoever. What were you wearing? The Heroes. Um, which are my go-tos. Yeah. But they're not good for technical um and so annie and morgan start to descend and they in my mind they're running like sevens i'm like why are we going so fast this is fucking brutal immediately like immediately i was like hey guys if you guys want to go to a reasonable pace anytime soon that would be awesome and they were like uh we're going 14 miles an hour not going that fast or 14 minute miles downhill and i i mean i am not a person that starts out or I'm not a person that starts out fast. Like, I know... No, I know you're not. Yeah, so I know I'm not the one to, like, push through the gates and, like, you know, flail things back Something and be like, Let's in my go! mind said that we were going, like, breakneck. And no. so I started off tired, pissed, and a little bit drunk, and then just totally unsure of my footing. And, like, mad at it. Like, yeah. I kept slipping and getting frustrated, and I thought, if this is the rest of my day, I am so fucked. So I can't help but reference uh, the internet, you know, for truth saying. Are you looking at the pace? I'm actually looking at Strava for You're our first two-mile pace. And literally the first mile was a 22-minute mile. 
what is going on with my brain? <laughs> then we proceeded to do a 23-minute mile, an 18-minute mile, topped out at a 15-and-a-half-minute mile. Then I really have no clue yes. what happened Granted, to that includes stops and everything, but whatever. So we come back down Pisgah. We come back to where the car is just to kind of be like, okay, anything that we need to level set. I think we might have either thrown jackets on or taken jackets off. Because it was weird. It was a weird drizzle. It was right in the middle of of comfort. Yeah. And so the the whole route is essentially the mountains to sea trail and it kind of crisscrosses over the Blue Ridge Parkway which Mm -hmm. is great from a support perspective because if you want it to be very very supported as far as people giving you food and water and everything they could see you every couple of miles like Chris was kind enough to meet us what like every four to six miles at most yeah oh he was there every four to five miles and he was not even at every place that you could have I'll say you could have air quote crew. Yeah. So we had an obscene amount of support. And sometimes we would pop up into a, onto the, like the, you know, the drive, the roadway and be like, <laughs> holy shit. We just saw you like 25 minutes ago, man. We're, we don't need We're anything. okay. We're cool. Thanks. That's how we started out being like, you don't need to see us so often. Yeah. Believe it or not, that would change. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. So I think I got my shit together and we started to put down some... Less than 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Miles. Thank God. And probably the toughest part of that first section was finding which way the trail continued through a parking lot. Right, because the fog was so dense that we'd get to the parking lot, there'd be a gap in, in the trail, and then we'd hit the edge of the other side and be like, oh, where does it go? I don't see anything. It's such, it's such an asinine question, but it, it always comes up for me. The hardest thing for me is to find the is the trailhead. Trail you can be like at a parking a parking lot or a full park, and you know that the trail leaves from there, but it's like, is it is the trailhead behind the bathroom? Does yeah. does the trail cut through this parking lot straight across? Does Why it do they make it so hard? I don't know. It's the it's the silliest thing, but I can't tell you how many times I've been like at Great Seal and they've been yeah. like where is the trailhead? And it's like, oh, of course, it's behind the potty over there. Yeah, it's behind the dumpster. <laughs> yeah. It's literally behind a dumpster. Exactly. So don't be afraid to ask where the trailhead is. And as a person who maybe that's your area of ex- experience, don't be a snob and, you know, act like somebody should know where the trailhead yeah, is. Because surely. that's a hard, a hard part. So uh, we continue for, through the first part. And... Probably, I mean, honestly, it couldn't have been... 10 miles. 10, 10 maybe miles. 15, yeah, 10 miles. Annie and I were silently bargaining with ourselves and yes. had not yet said anything out loud, I think. Yes. But we, the midnight start, for whatever reason, just... Just obliterated us. We were so yes. tired. It was insane, which was also <laughs> another thing to Morgan's credit. She... Apparently hits her morning person window at like 3.30 a.m. Because this is her rationale. And I have to explain this because it's just, I think, an endearing part of Morgan. She has run the Flying Pig Marathon in Cincinnati uh, twice, twice, maybe three times. And her rationale was, oh, Flying Pig starts at 6. You have to be there at 5 in order to get to the start in time. In order to get to the the start by five at my parents' house, I have to wake up at 
3.30 or something like Jesus that. Christ. So when she hit 3.30 in her brain, she was bing like, bong, she was like, bong. this is a time that I've had to get up for running before. I feel fine and awesome. Uh, meanwhile, honestly, I, I don't know about you, but I personally had thought in my head, we're going to be the stronger ones at the beginning of this because the nighttime mm-hmm. is our time. Yeah, we're really, I mean, we've done a shitload of trail running and at night. pitch black. Yeah, sometimes, runs, sometimes specifically only yes. at night. Yes, yes. Uh, we did the nitro gain, an eight-hour night only. Yeah, starting pa- after sunset and not coming back until right after yeah. sunrise. But that was that was not to be. No, for no. whatever reason, Laura and I were dragging ass. Like mentally, I don't yeah. think our bodies were fucked up or anything. No. No, mentally, no. we were both just like. Yeah, sadly, I... my body was fine. I am so cooked. Yeah, and I think it was somewhere between 10 and 13 that I was like, I I think I turned to you and said, I just have to say this out loud. I'm so tired, I want to die, and I'm not having any fun. Mm -hmm. Or something of that effect. And I responded, which is very out of character for both of us, I said, all I want to do is stop. I just keep thinking, no one cares, Yep. no one knows that we're out here, we can just... Stop. We can just call it and go home. And that sounds I will just, so good. And I will just stay with Chris for the rest of the day. I and thought about just, that so many times. And just participate mm-hmm. in crewing Morgan yeah. <laughs> for the rest of this. Yeah. And I don't... I, I should say, too, for anyone that considers doing... Whether you're doing, like, a for real, like, totally going after an FKT, you know, route or FKT record um, that's, like, on pro boards or whether you're just trying to do a certain unknown route that maybe you haven't done before in a certain time. I've heard discussion about it before, but it didn't really play out in real life for me until it happened where I thought... It is so hard to do an FKT or to try and stick to a certain time when it's not a race because... Oh, yeah, there's you nothing really, motivating you. No, you really can be like, you're like, there's no RD out here. There's no spectators. There's no there's accountability. No, there's no there's other no runners. Like, there's no just, incentives. There, you can just stop. Yeah. And so it's that... It's really juicy. Yeah. And so that became part of the challenge of completing oh, this was one of the just, major challenges. Yeah, just trying to get through the idea that I could stop and it honestly doesn't matter. And I and I was like had no like no remorse. I was like, I won't be sad. I won't be like I'm a failure. I I really was genuinely like, I don't care at all. Yeah. I am done here. <laughs> at like mile twelve. That's so stupid. At mile twelve. This is not this is it's not, not typical us behavior at, at all. No. And I, it also, we did not meet each other's response to this by being like, you're being stupid. Like, yeah. you know, like, and we've done that before. woman up. Yeah. yeah we've we'll definitely be like, been like, sure, slap. Lauren, sure your foot's broken. Yeah. Shut up and keep, keep walking. Keep going. That happens 98.9% of the time. This an outlier as far as our behavior is concerned. And we were both like, Yes, yeah. it's very Done. bad. No this like. is very bad. We hate this. I do not like this. I'm having a really hard yeah. time. I'm so tired. Yep. It was crazy. However, it ended up being very, very cathartic to get yes. it out. So, yes. and just knowing, you know, it's hard when you're in a group of a per- people and you feel like you're getting what we call sled dogs, yes. <laughs> where you are being dragged along by mm-hmm. people who are much more enthusiastic mm-hmm. and faster than you are in that mm-hmm. moment. So it was kind of nice to be like, oh no, I'm not the only no. person getting sled dog. Mm-mm. Morgan's the outlier. <laughs> She's yeah. the one that's feeling good and weird. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's true. And I would say as a result of that sled doggy feeling, 
I've really enjoyed racing alone lately. Yeah. So that I never have that mental fatigue of like, I'm not as good as my friends. Yeah. Because if I'm only measuring myself up against me, I'm like, I'm doing all right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so this, so this, you know, just starting out with that kind of confessional at mile 12 or so was really very... Really cleared the air. Yeah, it cleared the air. However, it did not... Improve the conditions. Did not completely change the fact that we were both so sleepy. Yes. I can't even say that we were tired because there's no way that we were tired. No, we were not fatigued. We, were, yeah. we wanted to go to sleep. Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's that's very different. It it's is like, very different. It's, it's very much like, I'm not hungry. I would just like to eat. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is the difference. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. We do the first chunk down Mount Pisgah and it goes down, 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 down on the Mountains of Sea Trail until it kind of bottoms out near Asheville and it's running along the Blue Ridge Parkway and we I'm trying to think when we first kind of got to where it leveled out oh the baseball field or not the baseball field it was like a big meadow with a with a tiny gap in a fence that we had to squeak through. yeah that was part of it but remember that we were in that part that looked like Jurassic Park yes. that had like 10 foot tall like yes. chain link fence and it, it was, was like beautiful but oddly out of place yes and we were still dealing with like severe sleepiness at this yes. point. And also one of the three of us had the poops. Soon to be two of the three of us. Yes. Well, at the beginning that was where Morgan yeah. had the poops. Yep. And I can't remember did sleepiness happen first or the poops happen first? For her? Uh for our group in general. Oh, we were sleepy first and then the poops came. So a- another we're like another a, like a train with no wheels. <laughs> a sleepy got poopy train. Sleepy, sleepy poopy train. <laughs> um, so we got to Chris at one of the first stops where we saw him where the trail was pretty pretty runnable. I'm going to do air quotes because sure. it's runnable it doesn't mean that we ran it. Exactly. And we told him we just want to lay down for like 10 minutes and go to sleep. We're just going to take a nap. Like, because we were dead fucking set yeah. on us. And we had, like, made a blood oath that by the time we got there, we were like, we're just going to sleep. Yeah, because I learned it across the years in doing the three-day event. You can really cut off time in, by just sleeping for 10 to 15 minutes mm-hmm. instead of continuing to slog along at, like, a 25-minute yes. pace. Yes. And we were truly committed to... We're just going to lay down and go to sleep. Yes. Really short. It's not, however, a strategy when you're leading a race. Potentially. <laughs> just what I really, ah, really gotcha. wanted to do. Good point. Good point. I'll just sleep right now. I just need to sleep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Chris was like, oh, just go one more stop and I'll have, or take this five hour energy. Yes. Drink this. Drink and this. if you are still sleepy by the next stop. Then I'll let you sleep. Then you can sleep. We got bamboozled, y'all. And so as soon as we left where his car was parked and he had given us aid, we were like, Wait what a the minute. fuck kind of Jedi mind fuck <laughs> Wait, just happened? Why didn't we just leave there? We were going to sleep. I want a nap. I like, want to sleep. What just happened? It's like, no, no, no. No, no, no. You're good. You're yeah, good. It, good. it was great, though, because it was very much a example of make them think it was their idea. Yeah, it, it like, worked. <laughs> it worked, because we got out to the trail. We're like, how the fuck did that just happen? Yeah. Jedi mind trick. Um so sleepiness issue kind of ended up resolving itself. Yeah, by then for, at least. For Lauren, I continued to just have, like, no energy for the rest of the day. I was okay from, like, 20 to 35. Yeah. I, I kind of grooved for a little while, yeah. finally. Yeah. But that was the poop stretch. It was Morgan's poop stretch. Yes. And we ended up stopping, like, every, gosh, like, mile and a yes. half. Yes. Or so to go poop. It's just, um, we ate too much, guys. Yeah, we just. And- and I, because whether it was my leg or whatever, I just, 
I had no energy all day. So literally anytime somebody was like, we have to stop so I can go to the bathroom. Oh, thank God. I was like, oh, thank God. And I would just like immediately flap down on the ground and just sit. And they'd be like, I'm so sorry. I have to go poop again. And I was like, oh, thank God. I get to stop. I'm so, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Don't say sorry. I just want to stop. I just I mean, want to rest. It was like a trail of dead bodies. We were like a trail of dead bodies. And it was a bummer is that that was the most runnable stretch. It's like, it's like mulch, essentially. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's, it's very, it's very pretty. Um, we we also, wasted it. Yeah, we also got caught off guard because we started at midnight, so we were kind of in that mindset of like, no one else is out here. It's just out, us out yes. here alone. Not thinking about the fact that after we were eight hours or so, seven to eight hours in, you're it in was Saturday. park on Saturday <laughs> on, morning. On a Saturday morning. So the first, oh, <laughs> apologies no. to the first guy, the first guy that we saw of the day, it was like, oh, sweet Jesus, what are you doing out here on a Saturday morning doing your long run like you probably do every week? Was he the one who looked at Morgan directly in the eyes? Yes, of exactly. So we... Morgan had stopped to go to the restroom. Sorry, Morgan, we're totally calling you Sorry. out here. We, Laura and I were up the trail and we're both still feeling exhausted and we're just like, uh, not thinking at all. No, we were just His like, runner comes up on us and we just stare at him. We're yeah. not like, no one gives like a caca. We're just like, oh, hi. hi. And then after he had passed, it was like, oh, shit. Oh. <laughs> no, it wasn't even like that. It was like, oh, no. Oh. Yeah, too tired Wait. to be, oh, shit. No. Don't, don't wait, my friend. She's over there. And so this guy, this guy, real creeper, looks dead set, looks Morgan in the eye and says, Katya! What an ass clown. And then just continues, granted he was not super creepy about it, but just the fact that he no. called her out. Is, and looked directly at her. Which I can't tell if it was like a, hey, we're all trail runners yes. here kind of moment, or if it was like, I'm a dick. It might have been the latter. Yeah. I don't know, but yeah. it, it was odd. And we continued on in this fashion for a while uh, until we got to the Folk Art Center, which, which is, is our halfway point, which is halfway mileage wise. I feel like that is yes, very important actually, to call that right, out because the first half is downhill and the second half is almost all of your gain. Another secret uh, hmm, challenge of the Pitchell route is that. Pretty much every mile is harder than the one before. That's how yeah. I think of it in my head. Granted, you know, it wasn't all things that were due to the course that made it harder every single mile. Whether it was GI issues, nausea mm -hmm. issues, energy issues, mm -hmm. or just features of the route. But in my head, every mile was harder than the one before. Mm -hmm. And it continued to... I mean, because if you think between the descent and then going through town and then beginning the climb up to Mount Mitchell, which is essentially a bunch of mini climbs to go up to Lane Pinnacle and all this, uh, these other summits, it, the Folk Art Center is really where you kick it's off where you the start. real, it's where part, you start. the real challenge yeah. of Pitchell. And picture that we had spent 30 miles being the most pathetic babies in the whole yeah. world. When nothing, there was nothing, nothing to be babies wrong. of. Nothing going wrong. And then the real challenges began. Right. I think we spent... And I could look at Strava, but I think, I think we spent a third of the time oh. doing from the start to Folk Art Center, mm -hmm. and then two-thirds of our time Easily. was the last half mileage-wise. So I folk, was feeling pretty good at Folk Art Center. Yeah, so the Folk Art Center is where we really took an opportunity to reset. Um, you and Morgan changed mm -hmm. shoes and socks, I think, everything. because we had gone through the water. I changed everything top to bottom. Yeah, and I just laid on a picnic table yeah. for the you entire 15 minutes of just... Because I just had no energy, y'all. Like, I 
I was eating, I ate a shit ton. So I yeah. wasn't having like calorie issues. I wasn't mm. having caffeine issues, yeah. um, which is another reason why I think it was just secretly my leg. I think my brain yeah. was working so hard to silence the pain from that, that I had no energy for anything else. So I actually took out, took off from the Folk Arts Center a little bit early because I knew mm. that you guys would catch up to me in, mm-hmm. I don't know. 87 seconds (laughs) and so i slowly set out from the folk art center while they finished changing and everything we We all restocked we picked up poles because we knew we were going to begin climbing on the on the regs were my favorite yeah that did begin your love affair of poles because i don't think you had used it consistently no i've dropped them frequently i mean poor andy andy we got me some for my birthday or something and i left them on the bfc course i but remember, so he bought us like five dollar ski poles from yeah. once or uh, played against yeah, that's sports, what they were. which was genius. Uh, and you, yeah, you left out of the BFC course, which was kind of worth it just for the guy behind the face you of to the person because I turned around and he had my poles and I was he was like, thank you. You <laughs> <laughs> just wanted them so bad, oh. but yeah, before the poles had never stuck for you. You no. always ended up ditching them because it seemed like more work. And now picturing doing the that course without something to stabilize my body, I just can't fathom. I would have crawled. Yeah. Because there were a lot of very technical parts where there was just so many rocks that you couldn't even, if you would have fallen and put your hands down, there wasn't like that much to put your hands down on in some spots. Like, um, I think it was around mile... It was after dark, so like mile 55 or so. I just remember there being like giant boulders and it was really easy with a pull to kind of be able to leverage that for stepping up or stepping stepping down from a balance perspective. Mm-hmm. But so you grab our poles at Folk Art Center, took out took off, air quote, took off. Yeah, took off at the speed of nothing. <laughs> uh, yep, um, out of there. And you, that stretch for me was, I won't say super hard, but I had told you guys, like, I'm going to fall off the back. Like, yeah. I might be able to keep up with you, but I need to just, feel like I don't have to try and keep up with you guys yeah. for a little bit. So you and Morgan went ahead a little bit. I don't think I was ever out of eye shot from you, though, because I would go really slow on some of the climbs, and then I would jog for a while, and we would catch yeah. up, and then I would fall off again, and just kind of, like, yo-yoed off the end of you, too. But I had also asked Morgan to go away at this point. God bless you, Morgan. But I was just like, I don't want to talk to anybody. I want to focus and just climb. And she yeah. was like, no. <laughs> I was like, yes, you have to leave me alone. And she was like, I don't want to go ahead. I was like, please just go away while I climb. And she was like, can I just can I just stand near you and not say anything? And I was like, no. <laughs> uh, you all may be wondering, why does anybody ever run with us? Especially Morgan. <laughs> Poor Morgan. What a saint. Um, other things that oh, were funny in the oh stretch God, are... Well, maybe not. Oh, We were all... So fatigued at this point, we were our our so abs. Giggly. So our abs between poop and tiredness were so cached. We were so slap happy. Oh, this is the Forrest Gump thing. Uh, Do you remember I I had put a wet hanky over my head and yes. then an old timey like real old man's trucker hat over top of it. Yes. And Morgan turned around and looked at me, and she just exploded into wild laughter. And I was like, what? <laughs> What? She's like, you look like Forrest Gump. <laughs> well, no. So the thing I was going to say about laughing is, remember, we were so tired that we could not laugh. So we were going, oh, laugh, 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 laugh. Because it was easier to say laugh <laughs> than it was to actually 
contract your abs to make a laugh sound. So we were like shuffling along, and if if there had been any normal people around, they would have heard us like, making jokes, and then the other two going laugh, 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 laugh. They must have thought we were coneheads. <laughs> oh my god! And it's also like, you know, it's a it's a late Saturday afternoon in the middle of summer. Yeah. Like. People are having a perfectly good yes. time all around us. Yes, it kind of it kind of reflects back on what we talked about last week with saying like there are people out there doing yeah. normal things while you're out there grinding away, and you know it's like families and you know Dogs you and know babies. groups of lady hikers people out there having a good time, and we're just like, uh, 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 and they're like, it's seven forty-five in the morning. Surely you haven't been out here right? that long. Oh, the people in the flip flops are such an affront to my struggle. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you just took a little saunter out here in your flip flops. <laughs> Luckily, we can't be too harsh on them because remember how encouraging everybody was yes, when they, the they the knew what we were doing yeah. and several people that we crossed paths with knew what Pitchell was yes. so they were like, yeah, get after it. So we couldn't even hate the people in the flip flops. How unfair. God damn it. Uh, Folk Art Center. It's still daylight. We're beginning to make the slow up and down rolling climbs up to... It makes me tired thinking about it. Yeah, and I can't even say that we were doing the climb to Mount Mitchell because you essentially climb to a bunch of different other things as you... until you get to the final climb of Mount Mitchell. Right. And there were some key... there were some key uh, summits. One where it was just like all these ploppy ass... I won't even say capstones, but it was like remember oh. we were just weaving around the top oh, of yeah, these like, called them like sand castles. summits, yeah, and it just it was like we would go around one grassy knob at the top and keep climbing up and go yes. around another it was grassy like, knob, like elaborate castles of sand. And yeah. We were just doing all these spirals around yeah. them, and, and it was infuriating. Yeah, and it was at the point that I was very like fuck that, fuck that, fuck that, fuck this fuck pinnacle, that, fuck that, fuck that, fuck that. I don't want to see this view. <laughs> And we eventually got to Lane Pinnacle, which is uh, mile 50 or something like that, which is where there's a big giant rock and you can see out everywhere it around you. It is truly which is spectacular, great. yeah. Uh, another kudos to Chris. He had already hiked up there from where his car was parked because you had to park a couple miles away because I remember he ran back down with us for quite a stretch Mm -hmm. so we pop up out and you know it's this big giant rock that looks over everything it's a beautiful view and we were just like (laughs) (laughs) i can't believe he still wants to be her friend because when we got up there like if this so began the whole escapade of morgan and chris loving everything about life and then me and annie like seriously like literally sitting on the ground huddled next to one each other like like two trolls who were just like <laughs> and I mean Chris had gone had brought beer up there and, and subway, subway and we were like we had every reason to we were be like elated throwing a tomato and, like uh, like I don't even like yep no. we're just we're just grumpy grumpy stooges and usually one or the other of us is able to kind of carry the torch of happiness uh-uh. no there was no. no doing that the the two trolls remained in the cave of darkness <laughs> for the rest of the day and all we did was be angry at how happy Morgan and Chris, yep. <laughs> Chris yes. were because yes. they were they were delightful they would have been delightful to any normal person mm-hmm. <laughs> most people. <laughs> So, oh, crispy bows you missed. I did miss crispy bows, so have at so, it. So, uh, Chris and, oh, you know who's famous for crispy bows is... John Kelly. John Kelly, last year's Barkley Marathon winner, um, who likes to take a couple of Krispy Kreme donuts and 
slide in a piece of fried chicken from Bojangles. Yeah, I know what you're thinking. That sounds, sounds delicious. Sounds that's what you're really thinking. Fucking gross. And that's what I thought too. And then I had one, and I I just can't like it's like it's like touching Jesus's fingertips. It's just like being held in a warm embrace by angels. It, it's the most delicious food in the whole world. Also, Morgan loves it, too. Yep. So, Chris got that for us. Before, 40-ish. My 40-ish. Yes, because it was after the Folk Arts Center and before we went back into the he woods. Had, and they had just made the donuts, so it was like a sheet of warm fresh crispy creams like i had at least three of them oh me too it was like it was like if if you're doing something terrible and hard and then like a like a down pillow falls out of the sky you know it's just <laughs> like it's so incongruent with everything else that's right. happening because we're we're tough we're grinding away yeah do you want a, do you want a fresh, warm donut <laughs> fresh yeah donut? it's like when i was at uh racing mohegan and some little kid was like Oh, we got you a slushy, and it was like ninety five degrees yeah. all day, and I was like, <laughs> I love you so much. It was just like presents that fall out of the sky. So yeah, crispy bows are amazing, and they will power you so hard. Yeah, we didn't, we haven't even talked on nutrition about the race, but we'll, oh yeah, we'll leave that aside. Nutrition. So you've been putting a lot of things in quotation marks. I will put nutrition in quotation marks as well <laughs> because I believe I ate like a quarter pound of jelly beans, a mm-hmm. few eggs. <laughs> Um, just like a whole pizza and then like, uh, like a unicorn blizzard or some shit. Yeah. Like I ate trash and then yeah. during the race I ate you trash. Had bacon. And I wasn't even, I didn't get sick this time. Didn't Chris have friends that came out with pickles? Yes. We, some, that they made or yeah, something? Yeah, at mile and 29. Bacon. At mile 29, he showed up with some friends who had homemade pickles and bacon. And for some reason that was also just like... It was all great. It was great. It was great. It was great, and we didn't appreciate any of it. However, I I should say, as far as running experiences go, and I haven't thought of this before, but the food for this running experience has to be right up there as far as, like, the best food experience I've ever had while running. Either Me too. The perfect combination of, like, having the food that you want available and also being able to eat it. Because there's been plenty of races where I've had everything that I could normally want and been too nauseous to eat it. Right. And vice versa, where I feel like I could put down a bunch of food and I end up having to eat some old grapes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think going slowly made it possible for me to eat so much. Yeah. And also... What are you talking about? We weren't going slow. We were... Sure, 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 sure. <laughs> but it was also back when I was doing... I would definitely say too many calories when I was doubling up with Tailwind and other food. Yeah. Which I did for the whole time. And I didn't get sick, luckily, but... I have since sort of tweaked that recipe. You know what, though? Remember, that was the first time you used Tailwind instead of having any water. And you actually did really great until you ran out of Tailwind for a final stretch. one stretch without Tailwind, and I just went, pew! Yeah. And pew means become a faucet of poop. (laughs) Apparently. (laughs) The fire sale. It began the fire sale. Your poop and your body, you have to keep drinking tailwind and then also you have to bathe yourself in the face with it if you remember that's also yeah. critical to survival mm-hmm. tailwind facial yeah um, so where are we so we can go back to being at the top of lane pinnacle okay and it chris, sucks i hated it and chris bringing subway and beer we did hated. have a beer which was nice that the was beer great. was nice that was great and then we began the a little bit of a descent down to where the car was parked, mm-hmm. um, which again well was that where it was cold and it was like a big open parking lot and the wind was blowing i got mad at morgan 
No, I that think it was the later. I think it was the dirt one where we saw the oh, other car bottom out. Yeah, yeah, we sat in the mud and ate more donuts. Yes, exactly. Okay. Um, but yeah, we were probably we probably were mad at Morgan at that point for still being in tip top. She shape. was. She's like Scrappy Doo. She would run to the top of the climb and look back and be like, guys, 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 you having fun? Do you like it? Do you love it? I love it. I'm going fast. You guys not going fast? That's okay. I still like you. You're my friend. Yep. So if you looked at Morgan's moving time, she was probably doing like 10 minute miles the entire time. Yeah. She's just, she's amazing. She's amazing. Yeah. We were disgruntled at the time, but we can recognize in retrospect that she's amazing. Uh, So Oh, no. Eventually we got to a place where we, the only place where we couldn't figure out the trail. Yes, that's which, true. Which, which was, uh, it was, oh shoot. No, it it's won't. one of the climbs. Was there a rock garden? Yes. I don't know. I want to call everything Sutton Bluff. <laughs> Maybe it was Sutton Bluff. No, Sutton Bluff is in the Ozarks. Oh! <laughs> so, yes, we'll definitely, do. definitely. Um, we pop up out. <laughs> nice trick, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> we pop up out under the road where you can see parts of the Blue Ridge And there's Parkway. a visitor center to go to some feature. Yeah. Something gardens. Something gardens. Craggy gardens. Craggy gardens. Yes. And there we he go. warned us that we would take a wrong turn here, and we did, which makes us feel like, then why don't we know? And we called him, and he tried to tell us where to go, and that didn't help. Yes. We were lost for 45 minutes. Yeah, so it took us a while. We were kind of like uh, put- putzing around in the parking lot. Because, again, the problem is not following trail markers. It's making it across parking Always. Lots. And actually, we weren't supposed to be up at that parking lot. Right. We were supposed to have just continued down, 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 to down. To the horse trail. Yeah. Right. And... Eventually, we find our, our way to the right spot, and, and it just wasted some time. It was... Uh, it it was, was not a frustrating... I mean, no, it, was it wasn't horrible. No one was mad at it all. It was more kind of like... Oh, what? Well. Yeah, more like, I don't understand where else we could go. Yes. <laughs> so tell yes. us where else we could go. Because I think there was go. instructions we had that said, whatever you do, don't go there, and that's where we were supposed to go. Yeah, or yep. at least that's how we interpreted yeah, it Yeah, in we probably read it wrong. Yep. Um, it was also, there was a lot more people there, and, oh, but we did get to have a real bathroom break. Oh, God, I love sitting on a real toilet. Yep, and after, yep, after a whole, uh, morning and day of pooping everywhere in the woods, all over. (laughs) It was great to be in a real bathroom. Remember, I was singing in the bathroom because I was so happy to have, like, running water. Yeah, and some lady was like, that's beautiful. You should keep singing. (laughs) People are a gift. Yeah, they are. <laughs> they want you to sing your poop song. Sing, that's like, you know, it's like a metaphor for like being yourself. Sing, yeah. your, sing your poop song. Yeah, sing your poop song. <laughs> I like that so much. Uh, oh, we also failed to talk about the Charlie Brown Christmas tree. I was going to leave that to oh, your I'll discretion. Tell it. All right. I'll tell it. So I was not feeling good at between 40 and 50. That's when my, my poops came twice, between 40 and 50, and then the entire end of this course escapade (laughs) escapade uh so i had become don't be mad at me guys i had become too tired to go far enough off trail to poop we believe that it is important for hygiene and and trail uh, safety safety to go off the bathroom or off the trail to dig holes to pack out your paper we we totally get that and that's what we do that is what 98 percent of the time so please don't take this to be our standard practice because it's certainly not it's not However, 
my brain had been taken over by exhaustion, and so I pooped too close to the trail. <laughs> Guys, don't be mad at me. <laughs> and I may have been in a big hurry. Oh, I was in a hurry because there was a lot of people. There were people coming. This is the third time I had tried to poop this poop. Okay, you guys, I hope that you are okay with poop stories. You're gonna, we're going to lose some followers here. But I had reabsorbed a scared poop from an hour previous. <laughs> because people were coming up the trail. And I was like, I have to poop this poop. And I was like, oh, God, no, I can't. And so, whoop, back in it goes. <laughs> And then, so I had finally pooped that poop, and then I was in a hurry again to leave because people were coming. So I took the wipe and I just threw it behind me, which I promise I'll never do again. Right. But, and you know, whether it's between a kid seeing your bear pooping ass <laughs> and throwing your, your wipey yes, into the wood. Yes, yeah. Okay, so I was flanked by Morgan and Annie. They were on opposite sides of trail so that they could both yell out if people were coming. And Annie was like, people are coming. So, and she was behind me. So we... We start moving forward, and Annie just, like, laughs this horrible chortle, and I was like, oh, no, what? And she, I look back, and Annie is just pointing at this, like, this tiny two-foot tree with no leaves on it, very Charlie Brown Christmas, and there's just a poop. A poop stained wipe hanging off the side of the tree. And she <laughs> points at it and goes, Lauren, really? Really? I was like, oh my God. I'm so, I was so genuinely embarrassed that I like, I turned purple and was like, oh my God, Annie, I'm so sorry. Wait, that's what you have to know. Like if something actually embarrasses one of us in front of the other, it's bad. It's, it's, it's bad. It's and I was, at first I was so, so, so taken aback because I was like, I don't understand why she would purposely put a poopy white eye level with the tray. <laughs> and so those kids who are coming can enjoy my yeah. decorated tree. <laughs> yeah, it was very festive. Oh my god! Oh, I wish you guys could see Lauren's face right I'm now. It's so good. I'm so mortified. It's so good. That's actually one of my favorite Lauren Poo stories. <laughs> and uh, there are plenty. Yes, there is. God, guys, I'm I'm more dimensional than than just my. Bad poops. But let's all agree that half of running, ultra running anyways, is pooping. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So uh, So things are going good. So things are going great. We passed the Craggy Gardens. We finally figured out where we were going. And then eventually we do come up onto this very, like, uh, high up uh, sort of paved area where you can see down on both sides and then you can see the next climb coming up. Mm -hmm. It looked like Ireland. It was beautiful. Uh, Like, you know outcroppings of rocks. That was like the grassy place as the sun started to go down. Yes. I was telling... It was beautiful. I was telling Lauren... Or I was telling Morgan hard rock stories and making her cry, which made me Mm. feel better that Morgan was crying. I don't know why I was... Yeah, that is good. I don't know why I was pissed at the time. You know, it could be something completely insignificant. Was it Tailwind? Is that when you had left your Tailwind? No, I was pissed at Morgan. And I think maybe she was like trying to get ready too long or I I don't know what it was. It was something insignificant, but I was just Mm. like, we need to fucking go. I'm freezing. My jacket. Maybe that's what it was. I just realized that that's probably where my jacket is. Where? My Houdini jacket is probably in the bottom of Chris Geekis' car. That would be cool. A million dollars. I'm calling you. Um, but when we did get, I do remember when we got to the top where it was like a grassy summited area and the sun was going down, we, the three of us just stopped and like had a moment to like, oh, that was beautiful. And then we had sort of solidified the gritty titty committee because we were like, we are all that is woman. Yeah. And like looked upon these lands like Simba and we're just like, 
Yeah. Everything that the light touches is yours. I cannot emphasize enough how much those kind of moments mean. So if you've ever listened to like Magda Boulay or Casey Lichtai talk about the beginning of Western States and doing the climb up to the escarpment and them stopping altogether, even being the top competitors and winners of Western States, stopping at the top of the escarpment and watching the sunrise come up at Western States together. I cannot emphasize enough or I can't encourage you enough to create moments like that yourself like to not to not only look at the ground underneath your feet to take opportunities to look up and out and think about these things that you get to see through trail running that you would never ever get to see in another um in any other scenario and especially when doing it with other people to to really like yeah like why so are we here what are we doing this yes for? why and, is this important to and us and you know what remember we had a we started to have a conversation about that what makes us Oh, out and do these and things. And we did talk about that. We kind of talked about, like, what are the roots for you about, like, wh- why do you feel like it's important to push yourself to your ultimate limits? Yeah. Is it about being human? Yeah. Is it about seeing what humans can do? Is it about your past? Yeah. Is it about proving something to yourself? Is it about proving something to others? Yeah. And we, and we really, I mean, we, when you've got all the time in the world, you might as well dig deep and figure things out about yourself. And sometimes you don't figure those things out until you say them out loud. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times that's happened to me. And it was also a magical time for me because I finally was not tired. Oh, Remember, that yes. was when I, fi- I don't know if it was because it finally cooled off or again, who yeah. knows? It was a very mysterious energy day for me. But between like the sun starting to go down, us having like a magical moment as a group and then starting to have some like really in-depth conversations, mm-hmm. I was so I was so elated to finally not be tired. I can't even say that I was really even high energy yet, but I think I even like sang or danced or I think actually, I think I was carrying the talking torch for a while because I had not been able to contribute to the group dynamic much up to that point. Because at one point I fell off the group because I was too tired to listen to either one of them talk. Not even like for me to talk, but I was like, I, I cannot, I was like, I can't listen to talk. I don't understand what you're saying. Yeah. Um, but at that point, my energy had turned around. And then we had that discussion about why do we do this? Do you remember yeah. what you said? No, do you? I think my general theme and, you know, I'm getting real, really uh, uh, vulnerable with our podcast audience. Mine always tends to go towards not feeling like I'm enough oh, that's and right. always striving to prove to myself that I can do more than I think I can or to prove to myself that I'm worth it or mm-hmm. whatever whatever thing that I'm striving for, which to me is a good and a bad thing because I remember we've also talked before about if I felt uh, if I didn't have that feeling in there somewhere, I think I might be a pretty complacent person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I don't know that I would, I don't, I don't know that I mind that feeling driving me towards some of the accomplishments that I've had. Because I don't think I would go for that otherwise. For me, the fact that I don't know the answer right now says to me that I still don't know it. Yeah. But I feel like a lot of what I end up doing is the byproduct of doing what my friends do. And I think that that's not as shallow as it sounds. Because for me, you you know me, for me, the root of everything that I want to do is like, I love community. I love being social. I love meeting people. And, like, being, you know, the fact that you're running while you're doing it almost has nothing to do with it for me. I mean, lately I've been really trying to hone my skills, but 
my entrance to this was my friends are doing it. Yeah. And, uh, and, and also I'm just a, I'm a busy person and I like to stay busy. So I, I train because I don't know what I'd do if I didn't. Yeah. Um, and then the, the byproduct of, of all this training is that, you know, I also end up at these super long races and it's almost like tertiary to what I'm trying to accomplish, which is to like live a fulfilling life where I feel like what I'm doing is good for my body and my mind. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's a perfect insight into the kind of conversations we were having at this point because yeah, heavy. I think it really, it this experience really made us reflect on why do we do the things that we do? Because here we were doing this thing that's not even a race, that was not really super fun. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was fun, but not not yeah, in a no. traditional sense. No. And it was like, okay, we, we already said earlier that we wanted to stop, um, but we continued on anyways, even though there's no real reason, no external reason to yes. continue. Why did we continue? Yeah. I, uh, wow. I don't know. <laughs> Um, but we did get down to like, you know, we got down to this point where like th- everything has this sort of gravity to it yeah. because you're closing in on like this, what seems like this really horrible challenge. And so every little thing that happens is sort of like this jewel. Yeah. And even if it's h- a hard fought jewel uh, or even if it's not fun getting to it, it's like everything becomes very meaningful. Yeah. And there's probably a, a secret to why we do it in there, which is. When you get cracked open like that and you're so raw and so exposed and so vulnerable and tired that you have no chance, you have no choice but to let everything in. Yeah. And that can, you know, you can get to these moments of deep transcendence sort of by accident. Yeah. Because you're just so open. Yeah. And I feel like we were there because by the time we got to the last 13 miles, I had stopped talking. Yeah. I went full, like clenched jaw hated my life, like, would rather be at the dentist's office, like, hate, like, nothing felt good, everything was terrible, I was so tired, I just wanted to sob, and I also couldn't stop pooping, so, (laughs) side project. (laughs) I'm gonna do pitchel, but side project, I'm also gonna see how many times a person can poop in two hours. I think I have gotten pretty close. (laughs) The the poop FKT. Um... (laughs) So we get to this, (laughs) we're gonna go from poop to transcendence again, so we get to this moment of, like, Okay, girls, like, we're going to do this. Like, yes. women away. Um, energy's finally coming back for me. Lauren, as I'm... And this is actually more normal to our dynamics. As one of us is going up, one of us is typically going down. Sure. Both of us happened to be in the bad space for a long time at the beginning, and then Lauren mm-hmm. got to normal in the middle, and then towards the end, I started peaking uh, energy-wise, and Lauren started to figuratively and literally go down the shitter a little yes, bit. Yes, yes. And uh, sun, sunset happened about this time, so... Oh, this was well past sunset, sunset for me. Okay. Um, so, so, well, because it was like the grassy spot where we had had all these oh, deep yeah. conversations was like a ahead. sunset, yeah. and then it started to get... It started to get dark when we went back into the woods after the grassy area was down was done so we were in the dark for a while and we became we started to become a lot more dependent on uh aid spots from Mm. chris where Mm -hmm. it wasn't even the fact that we needed food or water it was just a way to kind of tick through the segments get your mind right there was at points where so chris would do like bird calls to us as soon Mm -hmm. as he could see our headlamps and i mean it was like all three of us yeah it was like all three of us panting like puppies like (laughs) 
like oh yeah as one of your favorite metaphors like a dog for a soldier who uh, just gotten back after years being deployed um that's what we were like seeing chris every four to five miles like oh god is that him or hearing real bird noises and being like was that chris yeah. calling out to us or yeah. was that an actual bird and then yeah. it was like it was an actual bird and it was oh, like oh god no. damn it and there was this there's a section of the route that i had actually uh heard about before so you get towards the end of this and you are gearing up the whole time for this climb up mount Mm -hmm. mitchell again i don't know why i didn't take this attempt more seriously from like a research perspective because one that is my forte and also what i enjoy doing you really winged it yes (laughs) like in the consider it one the spectrum of like how prepared I've been for other things in the past this was definitely on the less prepared side yeah so all day I was kind of preparing to do the full climb being the full climb being from Black Mountain Campground to Mount Mitchell and at some point it was never there at some point I was like wait we have less than eight miles to we can't be doing the full no plot no No. No. So the way we're going up Mount Mitchell is different than what we did. And which was kind of a, which was a small bright light in that, in in thinking, oh good, the actual final full climb to Mount Mitchell obviously is not from the bottom to the top. Nope. Which any, any like Asheville locals thinking about this going like, of course it wasn't the full climb. Yeah, you dumb Yeah, you dingling. (laughs) But... So the the whole time you're kind of gearing up for this last climb anyways, miles and route regardless. And before you cross Highway 128 and begin the last climb up uh, Mount Mitchell, when you are truly like feet on Mount Mitchell, you descend forever. Which will break anyone's heart. Forever. When you know that you have to go back up. So I think of elevation gain and descent as kind of like spending and saving yes. money. So when you when you're climbing, you're like saving elevation gain because yes. you're like this is great because that means I get to go down it later. So when you know that you have a climb coming up mm-hmm. and you are descending for miles mm-hmm. before that, mm-hmm. you just keep thinking the more I go I'm down, I'm in the red. I'm in the red. <laughs> yeah, I'm in the red. Exactly. I'm bankrupt. I have no money. I'm homeless. <laughs> you just keep thinking. The, the farther I go down, the farther we have to go to get up. Mm-hmm. That combined with a phenomenon of being on whatever face of whatever climb or hill we were on, the wind made it sound like there were cars. <sighs> Just like every five minutes, it sounded like a car was going by, which you may think, why would that be a beacon of hope? Well, my friends, <laughs> we were waiting to see Chris at Highway 128 before we started the climb to Mount Mitchell. So every time we thought we heard a car that was actually the wind whistling. Yes, we got the puppy noises. We thought, good, that yes. means that the road's nearby. Nope. Again and, and again and yep. again. It and was each not one that. of us. And finally, I got to a point where I kind of like figured out in my head what was real noises and what was wind. Because I remember Morgan at one time being like, Though that has to be a car, and no. I was like, "This road that we're going to be crossing is not a freeway. We are not. We yeah, would not hear cars. Semis. Yeah, because the wind sounded like shoo shoo. Yeah, shoo. like huge semis. And it was so disheartening. Add to that the fact that this descent was big 
like square boulders. So Thank this God is for where, poles. yeah, seriously. Oh my God. And you wouldn't think, you don't typically think of poles as being as useful for descent, but for this, because the so rocks like were so big, yeah. there were just big gaps in, that were in between where the you rocks. Were just, instead, if you didn't have them, you would just be like, ah, like exactly. jumping off each, like, and possibly yeah. falling. And also just that sensation of stepping down when it was, it oh, was not like step ouch, side ouchies. steps. It was like, yeah. Ugh. Yeah, ouchy thighs, ouchy knees. And just have poles to buffer that. So he would not think that in the grand scheme of this route that a descent would be disheartening. So disheartening. It was was really, really challenging. Yeah, mind-wise. Yeah, absolutely. So we finally get to a spot where we do hear Chris's actual bird noises, and we all kind of freaked out a little bit. Like, it was just like, it's really him, it's not a bird not a bird yeah and it was it was so great to pop out and to finally see him because yeah. it had been it had been a hard stretch yeah. um mentally and physically and then I think that was that was kind of the first time that we were all in the same space together yeah is at that point because yes. not one of us was flying high not, we were all just kind of like in our own dark places of different shapes and sizes. Um, So once you cross Highway 128, again, that's where you... Well, I guess I shouldn't say you begin your climb on Mount Mitchell and Ernest. No, you were supposed to have a three-mile runnable trail on a rails-to-trails object, which is not what was there. So here is a fun lesson for y'all. Runnable is relative. Yeah. (laughs) What is runnable to you... It was like a dry creek bed. That's what it felt like. Yeah, but there were points where it wasn't dry, remember? Yeah, we were walking in yeah. two inches of water. So it was, it seems it's like a, wet a creek. G- yes. <laughs> it was also a, known creek. As a creek. <laughs> it was like a G. So yeah, there, we were looking forward to finally getting to run no. because we had just kind of been slogging Didn't all day. Happen. And it, yeah, it was like, oh, what, what is this? This is yeah. not runnable. Oh, we were this so is mad not at runnable. It. Probably runnable to 60% of runners. Not to us in this no, moment. No, it had been a long fucking day. And, and there was horse poop <laughs> everywhere. Remember that? that? Yeah. It was, the trail was covered in yeah. horse shit. Well, because it was very much like, this is just insult on top of right? injury. Like, this is not super runnable because it was like a slow grade up. There's rocks. There was, remember, there was super tall grass and reeds and stuff. That oh, you yeah. Periodically no, because this through? is where I got meth face for the first time ever. Explain the phenomenon. Meth face is where... You are so tired and your face is struggling so hard to stay awake that your jaw sort of offsets itself and then clamps down and then you get one closed eye and then you have to squeeze the other eye open as hard as it will go. This is the face I made for like seven miles straight because it was just me going, don't sleep, don't sleep, don't sleep, don't sleep. I remember I remember you saying at one point that you're like, all of a sudden I realized that my jaw was off to the left. Like, <laughs> like yes. I was in so much, it was like a, like a reaction to bad pain. You know, like, yeah. it was like my, it was like my body's way of like biting down on a, a leather strap. Yeah. And I was looking at the back of Annie's heels because I was sitting in the back which is where I wanted to be, I thought, but I was just looking at the reflective chunks on the back of them and going up and down. In retrospect, I should have gotten in front because... We should actually do this because people have told me that they like our our toolkit conversation. Oh, this is definitely a toolkit So I would say something to have in your toolkit is this. Yeah, which is if you feel like you're getting fatigued from watching a pacer, get in front of that pacer because your eyes are so tired of looking at the same thing over and over again. Also... 
a good idea to turn up your headlamp or get an extra headlamp because the more light you have, the less tired you will be. Yeah. It makes a world of difference. Yeah. And because it's hypnotic, like seeing that same pattern yes. over like and over. It's like running through snow. Exactly. Your brain just goes, nope, nothing out here going back into yeah. us now. Yep. And I remember listening to a podcast about, um, it was like an Arctic expedition team and it was a two person team and they talked about taking turns being and taking yes. turns being in the lead yes. and kind of a different scenario, but the person in lead in the lead, it was more fatiguing because all they saw yes. was white. white. And so considering, you know, you have to consider what's in your eye space and yeah. for you to be in the back looking at the same bad. thing when you were exhausted already, it was, it was just, it was just hypnotizing you to go to sleep. It was. At one point we stopped because Morgan had to go to the restroom and you said, I cannot stop. I will fall asleep. I was I was sleeping while standing up. Yeah. Yeah. So I kept walking. But this is also when we when we got sort of in our rhythm together, which was we were all in pain, we were all tired, we all wanted to be done, and we were walking in perfect synchrony, like maybe a foot in between each of us. Just like you know, like like we were doing a synchronized dance yeah, together. Yeah, moving we exactly like, the same. We need music. We need music. So, and Well, actually, before that, so being a fan of mantras and whatever moves you in the moment. Oh, yeah. At one point, wherever it came from, I just started yelling, I'm the best. You're the best. We're, we're the, the best. best. We're the best. I'm the best. You're the best. We're the best. We're the best. We probably did that like three or four times as a group. No, like, introduction no, no to preface. like, yeah, no, no, like, uh, yeah, ruminating no on it afterwards. No. We just did it because that's what felt right. we did it as hard as we could. And loud as and we, we could. It was like an agreement. It was yes. like a vocal pact that says... Yes, we will do this. Yes. This has to be the most, like, woman power excursion that we've ever had. For me, it's the pinnacle of, like, a moment of feeling like, I'm a tough woman who is friends with tough women. Yeah. And I am so proud to say that. Yeah. And so then after that, you had said music. Music. Anything to get my brain turned on. Yeah. So we listened to a couple of songs that didn't quite, like, hit the mood right, I think. But it was nice to just have something, because I don't think we listened to music all day. No, we didn't. Um, and, uh, a song, This Must Be The Place, originally done by the Talking Heads, but it was a cover by a, a band called Sure Sure, came on, and... It was just hit the ultimate spot. We just completely, like, started belting out the lyrics, which if you don't know, well, I'll have to put, like, a link to Spotify yeah. or something like that, but, um, you might know the song, so it's like, oh, I've got plenty of time, um, and we belted that out and when it got done Lauren it was very much like please sir more gruel yes exactly she goes can we listen to that song again (laughs) and we played the song again and all of us just belted out the lyrics and it was so fitting because it talks about like uh you know kind of having a bad time or like I want to go home but I must be having fun and at one point he talks about like I'm feeling numb I must yeah. be having fun. And yeah. it was just, it and having your feet in the sand and your yeah. head in the sky and like keep moving forward. And it was yeah. so, it was so fitting um, and so appropriate for our mood and the moment that afterwards listening to it, like cried a little bit. Yeah, because I mean, one of the lyrics to this that I actually ended up putting on a pillow and giving to a friend says, um, oh, love me till my heart stops, love me till I'm dead. And it's just like, to me that just, rips my physical heart out of my chest. Yeah. 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 So we cried a little. Yep. Um, 
And again, because we're all in our different dark spots of different shapes and sizes, but somehow still being in the same space. And we also knew at this point, whereas the struggle at the beginning of the day was how am I going to have the motivation to finish this? Mm -hmm. At the end of it, it was, we know that we're not going to stop. Mm -hmm. We just have to finish. And so we we have to keep moving forward. Yeah. Because our our final climb was, ended up being what? One mile straight up 1,000 feet. Something like that. Something along those lines. And and Annie was like, we're just going to take it slow. If we have to stop every 10 feet, we will. Mm -hmm. And we did stop quite a bit because my heart, my, I couldn't get my heart rate down. Yeah. Just when you're that fatigued and you need to make a hard effort, it's really hard to like get your heart to be calm. So we just took our slow ass time up that last yeah. guy. Oh, and, and before we made the final, the final push on the last big climb, we'd come up into this camp by accident where there were like hammocks hanging from the trees, yeah. and, and they had their Christmas- Eno lights. <laughs> yeah, like, and yeah. there were like Christmas lights surrounding it. And my brain went to the this place where when you're tired in a race, like everything's about you somehow. Yes. Which happens has happened to me. We'll tell you the seven mile story later. But we were like, is this for us? And Chris and also to preface Not out of like, the question right, for Chris. Because Chris had, had friends come and bring yeah. like special goodies and gone and gotten us fresh donuts and pretty much anything yeah. we asked for and made it like a big celebratory thing. So we were like one mile from the end, this must be our party. <laughs> yeah. This must be the place. Yeah. <laughs> This must be all of our friends and family and yeah. my kindergarten teacher Here, come to tell to us give good us job. medals and have us stand on a podium. <laughs> no, that was actually just a bunch of campers that we scared the shit out of. <laughs> and maybe woke from their sleep. Oh but my God, we're jerks. So we made the last push up yeah. and I, I don't think I got that rush like I usually do because I was just like, it, it was so hard fought for me. Yeah. But... When we got to the top and all hugged, like, I needed a lot more of that. And everyone else was kind of, like, like pats on the shoulders, like, good job. Like, I wanted to sob and be held like a baby by both of you at once for 15 minutes until I was good and done. <laughs> and when we got to the top, so if you, um, so at the top of Mount Mitchell, they have a concrete-like structure that has a ramp that goes up to it. And it has, like, a you know, medallion on the top yeah. that says the top of Mount Mitchell and it's pretty, Elevation. it's pretty formal. It's not like, you know, a, a summit where they have like a cardboard sign and a old toolbox no, full very of gimmies. It's, you know, there's a big structure up there um, that you can actually drive up to, but that's the cheater's way. Um, yeah. And we stood up there for, yeah, it was like six minutes and Chris, you know, as soon as he saw us, he started hooting and howling and celebrating with us. And we got to the top and, you know, put our arms around each other as we looked like over, as we stood over the very top of Mount Mitchell. And then I think it was like, okay, Okay. Okay. Yeah, we have to go. It's we're cold. It's, it's windy. Cold. It's raining. It's time to go. Let's go. Now. Um, because like most mountaintops, it was when I do remember it being windy and cold, cold by the time we popped out. One small problem. <laughs> and that is the final stretch. The real final stretch. Well, which we didn't know about because we had heard earlier that it was possible that when Chris had come to the finish, that he would not be able to drive up to the to the peak elevation point mm-hmm. because the actual park system closes a gate. At the base of the climb on the mm-hmm. road, which is through 2.7 miles Something away. like that. Mm-hmm. So we were not done. And Chris had mentioned this earlier and said, you know, most of the time the gate's open to be able to go up to the summit, but sometimes it's not. So maybe be mentally prepared that you'll have to walk down. And no, like, I had sure, taken no, that and chucked no. it. I was like, nope. And again, that idea of if 
you tell your brain like that you will stop at a certain done. point. When you get to that point, it will stop. I was done. <laughs> and as we're walking away from the summit, Chris is like, so the gates close. And we were just like, oh, okay. And Take a deep breath. And I think he had said he was he was trying to do us a favor. I know he was. But I think he said like a mile or a mile and a half or something that was, was shorter than the actual miles. distance. And so we had to just walk down this road, which might not seem that horrible. Lauren and I had shut down. Like we were, we were so mad. So whimpery. I don't even know that we were mad because we were so whimpery and pitiful. I was mad. I had taken off my shoes, which for me, taking off your shoes is like, that's the bottom for me. Once I've taken <laughs> off my shoes, like again, the Ozark story yeah. when it was dark yeah. times, shoes come off shoes because off. I'm done. I'm done being in shoes. Also, weren't the only ones who are upset about this because Morgan <laughs> still has plenty in the tank. Yes, and she, she had a up, great time. She ends up jogging down the mountain <laughs> with Chris. They ran down together, and as they're, like, getting Laughing and giggling away, yes, the laughing whole time. Laughing and giggling the whole way. And while we were, uh, like, we are, like, pouty stomping our way yes. down. Yes. Like, yeah. Ow, 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 yeah. Ow. Like, I think I just kept imagining that somehow we would have those little, like, uh, what are they called where it's like a square made of wood that just has like four wheels on the bottom? You used to oh, yeah, do yeah, them yeah. in like gym, yeah, in class, gym class in elementary school. Object- I just kept thinking like, all I want to do is sit on one of those things and, and roll, down this down. Ro- roll down this road. Like it wasn't a climb or anything. It was just like, I am done. I am done. Yeah. And we were just like, so I just, I don't think I've whimpered so much in my life. Just being pathetic. like, um, but eventually we get to the car and we finally get to shut down okay. and dear, dear Chris drives all of us sleeping, stinky, stinky, ass, stinky, farty, ass women. disgusting women. Yep. Um, with maybe a stop for puke oh, in there. Yeah, puking. Uh-huh. God, what a mess. Yeah. Um, and gets us back to us, gets back to our car and we get to say that we finished the pitch route in 27 hours about... Yeah. Wow. Um, it was hard. I learned a lot. Hard. Yeah. I think for me, the gem, the major gem of this endeavor was that nothing else will ever feel this hard unless I like attempt hard rock. Yes. I feel like I, I was so ready for anything to come after this. Like we were, I was signed up for BFC and I was like, oh, that stinky little bitch. <laughs> it's going to be fine. <laughs> and nothing for, and for me, me, it was that you can have such a bad time for so long. Most races and running things, it's you hit a dark spot for a time, and if you just keep moving, you'll eventually get out of it. I've never been in a bad place for this long. Yeah. Um, granted, it may or may not have been because of a stress fracture, but yeah. I, it was it, it was definitely eye-opening to say, like, I can be in a shitty spot for mm-hmm. a really long time, mm-hmm. and as long as you keep moving, eventually you will finish. Yeah. It's not a bad thing to learn. So that's Pitchell and uh, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Oh, yeah. And happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. And uh, enjoy your turkey trots and, you know, feather fun runs and yes. what whatnot. And, and wear a black armband for the lives of the Native Americans lost, which my mom thinks is funny and I do not. And we will be back next week. <laughs> Bye.